Hi guys, welcome to the Coach Fit Play podcast. Um, you're going to be listening to Chris Hattersley and James Watts as they talk through um, James's junior experience, leading into being an England player, travelling around the world, and then being on the Challenge Tour and the difficulties and the interesting things that he found out. Have a great listen. Um, okay, right, let's get into it. So, obviously, this is a, a chat all about junior golf, your experiences. So coming from somebody with a much better junior experience than me in terms of victories and playing experience, um, going from county golf to England golf to Euro Pro golf to Challenge Tour golf, I'll stop making your head any bigger at the moment. (laughs) Um, So let's just start at the beginning and just talk about how you got into golf and what your experiences were. So um, I was lucky enough, golf came in the family, dad played to a good level, my nan played, my granddad played. Um, so we're all members at East Hearts. Um, pretty much nan used to pick me up after school, in junior school, which was in Puckridge, only a mile away. And I think twice a week we'd go up in the summer, play. Um, Was that to East Arts? Yeah, to East Arts, just play. And then um, met some friends that were also juniors. So Greg that's working at East Arts now. Um, We just became friends. And then during the summer holiday, we'd just go and play. Um, Slightly different. So at Kingsway, that East Arts is a private members club. So... You could just go up there and play, hit balls, putt, chip for as long as you needed, really. Um, and then just going out playing with dad as a kid. Um, yeah, driving ranges, stuff like that, really. What were the facilities like there? Uh, so East Hearts obviously got a golf course, got decent practice ground, um, a chipping green and a, a decent putting green. So you could spend hours doing something. Um, and just get carried away, really. Yeah, obviously a bit different to Kingsway in the sense that it was more course. It's more course driven, right? So spend a bit more time yeah. on the golf course. Yeah, it's a it's a typical members um, private members club. So the emphasis is on the golf course. But yeah, we'd we'd go out if it's not very busy. Me and Greg would play a couple of times a day, practice, get dropped off at half eight, picked up at five. Um, just spend all day there, really. From from what age was that? I don't know, 10, 11, 12, maybe. Okay, so a little bit older than probably the average of what our junior section is at the moment. Got a few around that age. Yeah, the majority. yeah but as I say, previous to that, he was playing golf with Nan, playing golf with Greg and his mum, um, and just playing with people but just getting out on the golf course really yeah okay and then obviously you mentioned your dad played or plays rather um um, how much impact did he have on your golf at that age um when i was younger not a huge amount to say it was more my nan that picked me up after school because dad was working but as i developed um through my junior age so from probably say 13 or 14 onwards, he was um, a heavy influence on my on my golf, not just driving me to 
various county sessions or tournaments, but because of his background in playing, he's got a good understanding of what needed to be done, what needed to be worked on, um, and and stuff like that, really. Just a good... He was never a, a pushy, pushy parent. He was always encouraging. Um, and it was all about... He used to drive me to a golf competition, drop me off, hire me a trolley, right, you're on your own, go do it, and then come back and he'll pick me up later. So um, it was always a case of I was out there on my own doing it, but he was always encouraging. So good relationship. And that, that was yeah, yeah, same very good. Practice, same in practice as well. I just kind of there for moral support, a little bit of advice. Yeah, I, I mean... He always talks about that. When I was a junior, he would never, ever give me shots. So we'd, we'd go and play 18 holes. And let's say I was 12 years old and would play off scratch. Bearing in mind, he was a low single-figure player. And if I halved two holes throughout the 18 holes, okay, well, next week's target is to halve three holes and maybe win one. So it was never a case of, okay, well, you can have 10 shots and we see where we are. Um, it was a case of, right, that's what your goal is based on last week. And then we'll, we'll see if we can beat it. Okay. And what, I'm, I'm quite keen to stick on the parents bit at the moment, because obviously this is a big part of what we see in junior golf, a little bit maybe within the academy, a lot in junior golf in general these days is um, the participation in, of parents in junior golf. Um, how would it have gone if, let's say, you had a really bad round or if practice was going bad? Obviously, as a kid, every kid throws a strop at some point in their life. Um, like how do yeah. situations get managed? Um, I think looking back on hindsight, it, see that because dad was a, understood what it was all about, rather than getting frustrated with a session that's not going well, it's better off to say, okay, well, we're 50% into a a session that's not going well, stop, reevaluate, okay, why is it not going well? Even if it's a case of, okay, well, the driving range is not going well, okay, well, let's go do some chipping. Let's completely go the other end of the spectrum. Don't keep trying to hammer home something that's not working well. Yeah. which I think we see a lot of whether or not be kids or adults that are on the range and it's not going well and then they're 40 balls into 100 balls and then they keep going, they keep going, getting frustrated. Um, Yeah, my advice would be, okay, well, it's not going well. If you can't fix it and you're not sure why it's not working, I think there's a difference between you're trying something and it's not working and you don't know why it's not working. Just go, okay, well, let's go outside for half an hour, do some chipping, do some putting, come back in and try again. I mean, there's so many stories of professional golfers shooting 65 one round, 85 or 80 the next round. You wake up on a different day and it, it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. that's golf it is what it is yeah and this is coming from a parent that um without going into too much detail your dad's pretty awesome at golf uh yeah back in his day he was um he was quite tidy 
well, still is. He can still get it round. Um, so there's a player that knows a lot of the ins and outs of how to swing a golf club and not really challenging your swing too much if you're having problems, but more just suggesting to change the situation, change the scenarios and and um, revisit it, yeah. maybe with the right people around you, the right coach. Yeah, so that, I think that'd yeah, be quite it good. Might be a... Go on, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it might even be a case of if you're at the golf centre, and it might be a case of Chris, someone's not, someone's struggling, and you say, "Are you working on this? Are you concentrating on this?" And they go, "Oh no!" And then it's it's like a one sentence thing from a coach, yeah. and then you're on the right track again. But if you don't know what you're doing, it's tough to get out of the rut. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, with the amount of kids that we have at Kingsway. Um, you and I both walk down the range of an evening and see several of the kids hitting golf balls, some hitting it really well, some might be struggling. Um, and we just don't yeah. have the time to always stop and quickly help because we might be on our way into a lesson. And I think that advice is really good that if something's not working, don't try and fix it if you don't know what you're doing. Just come back to that when you've got the right people yeah. around you and go do some chipping, go do some... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the summer's coming now and hopefully when we get out of this what we're in it the, the nights will be longer so you can just nip outside for, for 10 minutes and do something reevaluate and come back in yeah yeah good um and then back to you and your playing then so obviously you've talked about your experiences at east hearts um you got your first handicap or you start playing around like seriously around 11 12 13 then you obviously progressed into county golf played for hertfordshire Yep. Okay. How did that? How does that come about? How do you get into county? Um. Well, it's it's merely on playing, really. Um. If you don't go and play, you don't get recognised, and you can't get selected. Um. So. I'm a big advocate. Dad is a big advocate of getting out and playing. So, we used to play junior opens. Um as often as there was one available that I could go and play. Um, I'm not quite sure how many there are now, um, what competitions there are available for kids, but we would just go, what's local? When does it fit? Just go and play. Say, drop me off, hire me a trolley. I'd pull my trolley around for 18 holes, come in, have burger and chips and see how you did. Um, but if you don't play, you don't get recognised for what you can do really yeah yeah obviously we've still got junior opens I think at every club we certainly within Cambridge um Hertfordshire um below that there's the British Junior Golf Tour the Futures Tour in Hertfordshire yeah, lots of little circuits going on but obviously to get into county it's that getting into junior opens so in order to do that you need a handicap right yeah so being yeah. a member of a golf club Obviously, we've sent letters around about becoming members of Kingsway or, or local clubs to give you that opportunity. Um, yeah. And I mean, when I had, throughout my junior career, although my handicap was at East Hearts, if you looked at the amount of the ratio between away competitions and club competitions, the away always outweighed everything because... I was playing in everything and cards were getting sent back. So 
Um, although my home club was East Hearts, I very rarely had the cards um, from there. Okay. And when you got to County, what was that about? 13, 14 years old? Yeah, the, develop, the, de- yeah, the development squads from there, uh, based at Chessfield Downs in Stevenage. Um, yeah, it was just groups of lads coming through. Um, made some great friends that lasted through my junior career, men's career, professional career, still in contact with now. So County's a great way of meeting people, meeting new coaches, um, learning new skills, more advanced skills, um, ways of practice than what you would do sort of just at home with um, with your regular coach, really. Yeah. Um, and what handicap were you off when you got to that development squad, roughly? I can't remember. Um, so around 14 years old, any ideas? I, I know at, at 16, I got to plus figures. Um, but what I was at 14, no. okay. I can't remember. Um, probably not far off single figures, I would have said. Okay. So, yeah, I think this is, I only ask because this is a conversation as well. You get a lot of parents um, and kids asking, oh, what handicap should I be at 13? What handicap should I be at 14? Um, And often the answer is it really doesn't matter. I think I I read something, I might be wrong, but Jordan Spieth, I don't even think he had a handicap until he he ended up playing the US Amateur and he got his first handicap then. But in America, they were all about playing... um, length appropriate courses and it was just learning yeah. to shoot the lowest score possible the handicap was really irrelevant well if you, if you go and play away competitions you all you're doing is your handicap is just basing you to get in the event um you're you play for a handicap let's say you turn pro you, you play with a handicap up until you're 20 and then you spend the next 50 years playing off scratch with no handicap so um, a handicap is important, but it's certainly not the be all and end all. I mean, I was lucky enough to win my first junior open, I think about the age of 14, um, which was at John O'Gorn. Yeah, I was a junior. I think, pardon? I was a junior there. <laughs> yeah, and I think I was like the youngest lad in the field and the highest handicap. So, but... I shot, I can't remember what I shot, but it was good enough to win the scratch event. So, um, handicap is important, but it's not, it's not the be all and end all. No, no, absolutely. Good bit of advice. Um, and then the progression continued. You then ended up playing for England. What age was that? Uh, so my first England game was an under 16s game versus either Italy or Spain. Away no, it was at home, unfortunately. Um, but that was at the back end of the under-16 um, year. And then got into the, obviously, the under-18 squads. Was lucky enough to play home internationals. Did a lot of travelling with England. Um, Japan, South Africa, around Europe. So, yeah, it was really good. Again, it's just a progression from from county you meet more lads, um, meet new coaches, new philosophies, 
um, just again getting encouragement from all the coaches. So that was a, a really good time um, to be part of that England junior setup. Yeah, incredible opportunities to be taken abroad as well to play golf. It's a bit of a step up from from yeah, what you know from, Yeah, from from junior opens at fourteen to four or five years later travelling around the world um is a big change, but great experience. And what's the pathway to, to achieve England level? Because obviously we've got quite a big country full of thousands of golf courses, thousands of juniors that are just incredible golfers all striving for the same thing. And how many can get in the squad? So, um, yeah. so the, first te- the first team I played in was a team of four. Um, Boys Home Internationals was a team of ten. Pardon? Best four in the country. Well, a fortunate four, shall we say. <laughs> but... Um, Boys Home Internationals is a team of 10, I believe, or it could be 12. Um, but it's, again, it's just it's playing. If you're not playing, these England representatives can't see you, can't see your scores, um, and you don't get on the radar. Um, I was lucky enough that I got picked up after that junior open win at 14 I went into an England development squad um, which was I think two or three sessions a year but you've got to play to get recognised um, to, to move up um, to move up in in the sort of in the England setups and the county setups playing your home golf course in the medals is, is not going to get you not going to get you recognised. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So obviously, you've talked there about going from starting golf all the way through to England level. Um, we won't go too into too much detail, but um, just give a little insight into where that then led to before you turned pro or the journey <coughs> to turning pro. So I played played boys golf. Um, Won a few events, played, let's say, Boys Home Internationals, was lucky enough to play World and European Boys. Um, and then once you turn, or once you finish that year, you're then straight into men's golf. So it's not a case of, okay, well, you, you progress on your age level. It's now men's and you're now in, in the deep end with the top guys um, around Europe. So from there, it was just a case of playing in the, in the big amateur competitions, um, British amateur, English, um, and going from there really. Um, played that for a couple of years, mixed success. It's a big step up from playing junior golf to playing men's golf. Um, and then turned pro in 2010 after winning the Euro Pro Tour School. Um, I went to the tour school just to see what would happen. Um, if I bombed out, I wasn't going to turn pro. If I did well and got a card, I was going to turn pro. And I was very fortunate that I won it. Um, it came with a a, um, a sponsored car. It came with a prize fund. And as an amateur, I couldn't win any of it. So I won the event. No car, no check. Um, but 
gained the full card, so turned pro. Perfect. And then, obviously, played a couple of years Euro Pro Challenge Tour. Yeah, played... The European Tour. Played three, three or four years at, at Euro Pro level. First year, bombed out. Was a, a big change from playing amateur golf. Um, playing for your livelihood as opposed to playing for fun is very different. So did, did all for that first year. Um, went back to the tour school, got my card again, progressed, went to European tour school, another learning experience, played again on EuroPro, back to Euro, back to European tour, tour school, gained the challenge tour rank in there, sort of jumped between challenge tour and EuroPro. And then in 2014, finished third on the order merit third or fourth on the order merit Euro Pro, which gave me a full challenge tour card, which meant that I could play um, pretty much all the events on the challenge tour um, the following year, which again is another step up. I mean, challenge tours one down from the European tour. So you go from playing your junior level with your age group to play men's golf, to playing professional golf, to playing one below main tour, um, and it, each step, it just gets harder and harder. I mean, the guys on Challenge Tour, it was a big shock because they just stand there, smash driver as hard as they can. Whoever shoots 20 under that week is going to win. Um, if you don't shoot 20 under, well, okay, next week you try and shoot 20 under because the rewards for winning and getting into the top 15, obviously, of your European Tour card. So it was just a sort of race to the finish line. Um, very different to sort of playing rounds, Euro Pro, where you're trying not to make bogeys, keeping your score going. These guys are just, well, whoever makes the most amount of birdies is going to win. So different different environment, something that you've got to adapt to again. My game was not sort of like smashing it and go finding it. Um, so it was it was difficult, but it was a great experience. Hmm. So like when we were when we were growing up, I was with Bedfordshire and we all knew about the Hertfordshire lads, James Watts's, you've got Tom Lewis's and all these great golfers coming out of that side. Um obviously you became quite a big fish in a small pond in that sense, in the way that you've gone from being a great junior golfer through county level into England and then as you said, it's a big shock to the system when you go into the challenge tour. How do you handle those pressures? Because and it's not really that relatable, but I'm going to try and make a relationship here. We've got juniors that are going to be entering their first junior opens um, yeah. in the county for the first time. And they're going to feel pressures that, okay, they're not going to be on the same level of, as going from amateur to pro but they're going to be pressures that set them on that journey. So how do you deal with those pressures? I think the biggest thing that I learned was you can only be in control of you. Okay. You're, you're playing in the, whatever level it is, you have to have a game plan and your game plan has to be suited to you. You can't worry about, I mean, when I played challenge tour, Nicholas Lemke, who's, who's only just got his, his main tour card the last couple of years, 
he hit it forever, like miles. So if you were in a group with him, there's no point standing there trying to smash it. You have to go to the event, know what you're good at, plan your way around the golf course, and then just be focused on on you. Um, I watched Sky Sports News the other day and it had <coughs> Tiger on there. Um, <coughs> when he talked about when he played in the final round with Mickelson at the Masters, um, they didn't talk for 13 holes. And then it was only when Tiger out drove Phil with the three woods and Phil turned around and said, you normally hit it that far with the three wood. And Tiger said, no, I normally hit it further. But that was the first thing they said to each other in the final round of the Masters because they were so focused on their own game and their own end goal. Whether or not that's junior level or county, England, whatever, you can only do what you can do. There's no point trying to do something that someone else is doing because you'll just come unstuck. Okay, cool. Um, and then finally, um, you're now a junior golf coach as well as a coach to, to others, the, the general manager of our golf centre. So lots going on for you. But as, from the junior golf coach side of things, um, what do you see that's different from when you were growing up, um, both positive and negative? Um, I'd, say, I'd say the only negative side of, of where we are at Kingsway is you can't spend 10 hours a day at the golf club like me and Greg did. Um, that's, that's the negative of it. Um, on the positive side of the facility, we've got a, a great range, a great par three course. Um, so you can develop skill, but you just can't be there all day on your own um we've got i think the coaching process has changed since 15 years ago now um understanding biomechanics um what what is needed to help progress the kids quicker um Sorry, mate. You just cut. You just cut out for the last ten seconds of that after biomechanics. Yeah. So I mean, we've got all these new studies, the, the TPI stuff. Um, you watch videos on those guys, and they've got kids throwing med balls. They've got kids jumping through hoops, and all sort of all little steps at an early age to help give kids the best um, best chance going forward. Um, so understanding that now is is great um way more athletic than it used to be right yeah and it's just everything moves on stuff changes um science improves knowledge improves so sort of every year we move forward is going to hopefully be a better year than it was the year before excellent um and then i was going to ask what advice would you have for the juniors but i think if they've listened to this one thing that you've kept reiterating is getting out on the golf course and playing. Yeah, you, you need you need to play. Um, if you want to be recognised, if you want to get into squads, if you want to progress, you've got to play. You've got to learn to get it around the golf course when you're not playing well. Um, you've got to learn to shoot the lowest number when you are playing well. It's, you can stand on the range and swing it perfect, but if you can't move the swing onto the golf course, 
um, it's very difficult. You, you don't win majors standing on a range <laughs> that win them on a golf course, don't you? So, um, it's my advice would be get out, play, learn how to play, um, and, and get it around really. Okay, not obsessed with what the golf swing looks like. Golf swings are, are golf swings. You only got to look at Furyk against Woods. Um, and a number of other players out there. Um, it's it's about getting it round. One from my experiences, the the guys that shoot the best numbers are the guys that can get it round, not the prettiest golf swings. The golf swings got to be functional to you, but you got to get the ball in the hole at the end of the day. Perfect, excellent. I think we could probably talk about this forever and. Potentially, we can do more in the future. But if anybody's got any questions, then they've only got to ask in the junior lessons or when they see you at Kingsway. So um, thanks again, mate. No problem. Great effort. Um, and then hopefully everybody's got a lot out of this and we'll start to see some better golf in 2020 when we eventually get out. Might be 2021 by the time we get out. <laughs> Nice one, mate. Thank you very much. No problem at all. See you later. Cheers, pal. Bye.